You know, I don't know anybody in Scripture more qualified to write about panic and worry than David. See, David knew what it was like to be hunted by the guy he was trying to serve. See, David was anointed king and then began to serve in Saul's court, and then Saul didn't like David. David killed Goliath, and David began to be on the run, and he was hiding in caves, and he was running from this king, Saul, that he was trying to do his best to come alongside of. See, David knew what it was like to make some mistakes where he didn't know where his next turn would be. David knew what it was like to have his own son turn on him. In fact, these, all of these psalms that are all throughout your Bible right there in that middle portion, all of these psalms, many of them are written from caves and they're written from, from hiding places as David asked God where he was. He understood worry. He understood panic. He knew what it was like to have his life grip. And remember, David didn't write these words as a 25-year-old up-and-comer. David wrote these words on in his life when there's more in the rearview mirror than there is out the front windshield. Psalm 23 is that passage that we refer to so many times during a season of crisis, during a season of worry, during a season of panic when we go, I need something to settle me. When everything around me is going haywire. I need to be grounded. Today we're going to talk about what you and I can do to live in the, the world that may be panicked, but in the middle of it, we figure out something that everybody else really needs to know. One verse we're going to look at today. Listen, listen to what David said, Psalm 23, 1. If you've got your Bible open and you've got your app open, I want you to look at this verse. He said, the Lord is, what's he say next? My shepherd. See, my is the most important word of this whole thing because David recognized who his shepherd was. See, this psalm isn't written from the perspective of a, a shepherd. Really, this psalm is written from the perspective of, of a sheep. See, sheep weren't the ones that knew where they were going. Sheep weren't the ones that really were the ones in charge of where they were going to eat, how they were going to take care of themselves. They were dependent upon their shepherd. In fact, if you went back during that Middle Eastern time, you would see some sheep that were super healthy and super well-fed and had a nice place in the pasture, and then you would see the others that weren't taken care of. Their dependency was all on how good their shepherd was. And David starts right at the top and says, you know what keeps me from worry? You know what keeps me from panic, from being gripped by circumstances? The Lord is my shepherd. See, we get into trouble right at the top when we begin to own too much. So how do we do this? You got a little blank right there. I want to talk about it, unpack it a little bit. You, you got to believe God will take care of you. If you're not going to be consumed by worry, you've got to believe that God's going to take care of me. See, worry is like the key that turns the ignition of panic. And what causes that? Well, what causes it, at least for me, is when I try to be my own shepherd, 
right? I try to own things and control things I was never meant to own or control. I try to get my hands on things I'm not equipped to handle. I'm not equipped to do. And David begins this chapter that I have spoken so many times through the years at funerals and sitting with a grieving family or a worried family. And David begins from the perspective of a sheep and he says this, the Lord is my shepherd. So how am I not consumed with worry? I want you to write down this little thought. I'm not in charge. David begins immediately looking in the rearview mirror of his life and said, looking at my life, I have learned a great lesson. And the lesson is, I am not in control of my life. He is. He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And look at how he says that. And I have, look at what he says next, all that I need. Remember that sheep was dependent on the shepherd. The sheep didn't go to the grocery store. The sheep wasn't in charge of the, in charge of the shopping list or what restaurants were gonna be open. They were totally dependent on their shepherd knowing their needs and taking care of their needs. See, we know this about sheep. If you know anything about sheep, you've never been to a circus and seen a trained sheep, have you? You can't train a sheep. You've seen trained dogs. You've trained, seen other kinds of trained animals. You've never seen a trained sheep. They, they, were, not a, they were not able to be trained. But sheep learn to trust, and they learn to trust their shepherd. And here's what we know about a shepherd. See, we don't, we don't have shepherds now. We, we don't, I speak at a lot of high schools on career day. I've never met a shepherd at career day. They, we know that they exist in other parts of the world, not a lot of them here in the state. So what do shepherds do? What is the role of a shepherd? Well, we know this about shepherd. Shepherd always provides See, he knew how many were in his flock and he would provide for them. He would take care of them. He would make sure they had everything that they, and here's the word I want you to write out beside that, the, what, that they needed, not wanted, but needed. That's what a good shepherd does. A shepherd protects. See, the sheep, are defenseless. Really, the interesting things about sheep, they're defenseless. They're not able to defend themselves against other animals that may attack them or somebody else that may come cause them harm. Sheep are defenseless because they only see what they see. And the shepherd protects. And, and, and this is where we start getting pushback. Uh, but Mike, you know, I know circumstances that have happened in my life and I know things that I've gone through that, weren't fair and weren't easy. He didn't protect me. See, here's the perspective David wrote from. David didn't write from just a life perspective. He wrote from an eternal perspective. And I wonder the things that David knew that could have come his way that God did protect him from. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of a dark world. Can I tell you what your shepherd does for you? He always looks after you. If you are one of his, if he is your shepherd, if he is my shepherd, he 
watches over every day of your life. They were all written in a book before one of them came to be. And he always protects you from the evil the enemy would love to bring your way, the ultimate evil. Life's going to ding us and life's going to hit us. But your shepherd protects you. But not only does he protect you, he guides you. You and I don't know where we're going. I don't know anymore. I'll have people say, man, Mike, pray with me that, that I can make a good decision about my future. And I'm like, you have no idea how I make my own decisions. It's a scary thing, right? But we don't trust in our own guidance. We trust in his. See, the shepherd knows where to take his sheep. Finally, the shepherd corrects us. He corrects us. Sometimes when we're going the other way, that shepherd pulls us back. See, here, here's, here's the thing that grips us. We have to make a choice. Either he is our shepherd or we or something else is going to be our shepherd. And when we or something else is going to be our shepherd and guide our lives and, and nourish our lives and take care of our lives, when we feel out of control, worry and panic set in. This week at North Star, we did a little poll online. 72% of women, their fears and worries are family and emotional health. That's their worries. Maybe they've been with their family so long, their emotional health's being affected. I'm not really sure, but 72% of women said that. Men said 65% said their jobs, their income, and their finances, because here's the reality. The reality is if you and I control our lives, we're in trouble. If I'm trying to be the shepherd of my journey, I am in trouble if he's not the shepherd because I don't know what's coming. See, we all thought this was going to get better, right? I mean, we thought in March and April, we get through March and April, it's going to get a little easier. And, and now you're reading Georgia Wall Congress Center's opening up tomorrow to, for ICU beds because beds are being maxed out in Atlanta. And you're like, schools are starting back. What does this mean? What's this going to do to the economy? As Larry said, everything's so divided. It seems like it's out of control. Can I give you the answer to that? It is to us. But not to him. See, if I'm the shepherd of my life, I'm in big trouble. Because those are all things I don't have answers to. But a sheep is not responsible for the answer. The sheep is responsible to trust the shepherd. So how do I do that? Principle number one, ready? Ready? I've got to accept Jesus as my Lord if I'm going to make God my shepherd. Not just believing he's a shepherd, but he's my shepherd. I'm glad he was your grandparent shepherd. And I'm glad he was your mom and dad shepherd. But here's the question of the morning. Is he your shepherd? Because I don't care what you do or where you're from. You are not qualified to be the shepherd of your life. You don't know what's to come. You don't know what tomorrow holds. But he does. I love how Jesus said it in John 10, 14. See, Jesus took the ownership of this. He said, I am the good shepherd. I'm the one David was talking about. 
I am the one that came to see you through. I know my own sheep and they, and I want you to circle this little last phrase, they know me. They know me. He said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. See, back during that time, the sheep from different pastures would get intermingled when a shepherd would call out. The sheep would know the voice of their shepherd and they would know who to follow. You ever meet somebody in this life, you're like, are you living in the same world that I'm living in? Because you sure don't seem to be as worried about stuff as I am. You know, invariably when I talk to these people, you know what I found out about them? They just know the voice of their shepherd really well and the shepherd's voice, I want you to write this down, calms their heart. The shepherd's voice calms their heart. So who's in control of your life? See, playing God is at the root of all worry. When we play God with our lives, and we would never say that. We just say, well, you know, Mike, I'm a parent now, or I'm an adult now, and I need to own, I'm a college student now, and I need to own my life. Playing God is at the, the root of all the worry in our life. We first, you have to make him your shepherd, not the shepherd, not a shepherd, your Shepherd. Second part is I got to pray about everything. I got to pray about everything. Not some things, everything. Well, Mike, that's impossible. Well, we can worry about everything. See, worries are when I'm expecting an answer from me. Prayers are when I'm expecting an answer from him. See, worry, it doesn't take any effort to worry. We don't have to go, I'm gonna think of something to worry about today. No, 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 that comes natural. We're really good at that. Prayer is when I know who my shepherd is and I know he's got it. He's gonna be the one to guide me. He's gonna be the one to take care of me. He's gonna be the one to see me through. Is my trust in me or is my trust in my shepherd? If my trust in me, I'm a worry. If my trust is in my shepherd, I'm gonna pray. Look, look at the way Paul said it in Philippians. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Every time I pray, and I want you to write this down, it's a reminder that he's in charge, not me. Every time I worry, it's a reminder that I'm in charge, not him. See, here's the deal. We love to take back the shepherd's staff from the shepherd, don't we? and try to guide our own lives. We're like, you know what, God, I, I appreciate what you've done for me. I'll take the staff back and I'm gonna own my life now and I'm gonna guide my life. You and I are not equipped to guide our lives. We're sheep. We're smart and intelligent and can do good things, but I don't, I don't know what the future holds. We need a guide to take care of us. That's what a shepherd does. He wants to own that staff he wants to get you where you need to go. And that's why Paul was able to say, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace. Mike, I can't understand why I don't get God's peace because you're praying to one that cannot give you peace. You are not equipped to guide your life. Look at what he says through Simon Peter. Give all your worries 
and cares to God for he cares about you. Hold, hold any of them back. Take those prayers, take those worries and turn them into prayers. He can get you. He is equipped to guide your life. I remember when I first got hired as a student pastor back in summer of 1991. It was July this time of 1991, 22 years old. I've moved here from Lynchburg. I'm living in this new town. And we take the kids on a rafting trip. I'm like, ah, oh, rafting trip. I've been on a million rafting trips. In the high school, I used to go down to Chattooga and the Ocoee with our youth group and some friends. And we'd go up. they put a great guide in our boat. And he'd get us down the river. And he would say, hey, we're going to face this first one. It's a class four rapid. You need to really buckle up. If you fall out, put your feet up. Um, don't, don't try to swim. Don't try to get the guide. Would He's like, you just, you just try. Trust me, I'll get you down the river. If you fall out, I will come beside you and I'll put my oar in. I will pull you out. Just put your feet up and go down the river. I remember him saying that because I knew there's a pretty good chance I was going to go out of that boat. And so it was great. So I hear we're going to go rafting with our youth group. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So we go up to Nantahala, which is, is nothing compared to those rivers. And we're getting in the boat. And I got a bunch of middle schoolers getting in the boat with me, which is alarming. All right. And so I'm getting in the boat with these middle schoolers and we're, we set out and I said, well, where's the guide? And they went, oh, you're the guide. And I went, oh, dear Lord, all right? And that turned out to be true because as we got on the river, we got spinning and we went in limbs because I am not equipped to guide them down that river. You and I are not equipped to guide ourselves through life. That is why when we have a shepherd, we pray. You wanna take the key out of the ignition switch of worry? You pull it out. And you give it to him. You want to replace panic with peace? Pray instead of worry. Like that sounds so simple. It does, but it's a lot harder to do, isn't it? Because every day I get to take back the staff of my life. Can I ask you a question? Do you know what you need five years from now? No. We don't know what we need five minutes from now. He does. So here's the question of the day. Do I trust him to be my shepherd? Final, we take one day at a time. We take one day at a time. See, worry ratchets up when I take on too much. Worry ratchets up when I'm not only concerned about today's issues, but I'm taking on tomorrow's issues and next week's issues and what are going to happen with my kids and what's going to happen with my 401k and what's going to happen with my 403b and what's going to happen with, with this illness for my parents. And I mean, our minds can just go so many places. We live one day at a time. It's taught all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus um, knew this. That, that's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring enough worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Matthew 6, he said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Living in a day-sized compartment's hard because it requires this word. And I want you to write this little word down. It requires trust. 
got to trust he's got me. You and I aren't equipped to handle any more than today. Back when the children of Israel were taken out of the bondage of slavery and God brought them out and they're now traveling through the desert. They didn't know where they were going to eat. So God would give them this word called manna. Literally, it meant, what is it? But every day he'd provide it. And you know what they would do? They would try to store it up because they were so worried that on the Sabbath, they wouldn't have enough to get through their weekend. God said, I've taken care of you today. Don't worry about your tomorrow. I got it too. So I got, I got a question for you, Denise. Who's your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? Or are you your shepherd? Well, Mike, I feel like right now in my life, I need to be my shepherd. Enjoy it. Because worry and panic will be frequent guests in your home. But if he is my shepherd, in the middle of the chaos around me, I know he's got me. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to see God at work during this time? Find me a group of believers that begin to live like he's their shepherd. And it will be shocking to a world that doesn't understand.